0: that we know that we can march on because the battle has been won and uh, we are part of the fight but the big major battle has been won and so as we hear your battle cry today as we um, seek to understand more of what that means uh, we pray that uh, you would be at work through Gav today that you would be at work in us by your spirit that we might hear and understand and be changed by what we hear today and we pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. Take a seat. Thanks. I'm going to move forward. How about that? Um, Often in church, when we talk about faith, we talk about the don'ts. Uh, The things that we need to say no to or the things that we need to hand over and surrender. And a lot of our songs uh, are about that as well, about handing over to God. I am not built. My personality is not a great one for handing over. I am much better at attack than I am at defence. I'm much better at taking up. And this series around boot camp, we're going to be talking about that taking up. That's why we've chosen the song that we have. It's not kind of... It doesn't fit super well with a lot of the other songs we sing, but it's really important to realise that faith is not just about saying no. It's actually about saying yes, taking up something and running with it. So this is my dog, I think I got a picture of him. Some of you have met my dog. He's a good boy. Um, I search for a Snoopy cartoon. It's really hard to find Snoopy cartoons on the internet because they're so old. But um, I couldn't find it. But I'm going to describe it to you, which is fantastic for the medium of comic. It's made to be described. But uh, there's a Snoopy cartoon where Snoopy the dog decides that he's a good boy, but he wants to be a better boy. He wants to be a better dog. So he decides to bark at the mailman and to dig holes and to chase cats and everyone starts telling him, you're such a bad boy. And the very last frame of the comic is Snoopy lying down on top of his kennel with this realisation, if you want to be a good dog, don't do anything. And it's so true. I love my dog, and the reason I love my dog is because he does absolutely nothing except sleep and hang around next to people. That's it. That's why we love him. But we're not dogs. Probably don't need to say that, but you and I are not dogs. In fact, in the passage this morning, it tells us to look out for dogs because we're meant to do something other than just lay around and stay out of trouble. I'm going to read to you from Philippians. We're actually continuing on, but it's a new series, so it's uh, an incredible work to do that. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same thing to you again, and it's a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by His Spirit. We who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If anyone thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day. Of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness, based on the law, I was faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to, uh, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. There's a lot going on here, and we've already talked about some of it as we shared in communion, but let me boil this passage down for you a bit. Paul used to live a life of saying no. He was great at being a good boy. Um, He thought he had a lot in the credit column when it came to faith in God especially in his obedience to the Jewish Torah and all the holiness laws that came along with that, the purity laws. But when he met Jesus, and it's an incredible story of the way that Paul met Jesus, when he met Jesus, he realized that life isn't about saying no, that that is not what we're created for. It's actually about saying yes. It's about being found in Christ and taking up, the invitation to live in his life and his kingdom. It's not about being a good boy and following all the rules. It's about doing something, going forward. It's proactive and it's practical. And the rest of his life, you see Paul just pushing out and chasing after Christ. All the rule following, all the doing right, everything he thought was a credit. Uh, this is for the accountants, by the way. This is Paul's accountancy. Uh Andrew's not here. He's out in Sunday school. Um, Everything he thought was in the credit column, he now counts as a liability compared to the incredible gift of belonging to Jesus and being found in him. Paul now counts the don'ts, all the things he said no to as rubbish compared to living in Jesus. And he goes on. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. I want to know Christ and become like him. That's what changed for Paul. I used to live following the law, but now I want to know Christ and become like him. That's what it means to truly live. As we start out this year, as we start out this series, I want you to know Christ and to become like him. To bring your life deeper into the life of Jesus. To free you from the rubbish and give you the gift of a full, living, practical participation in the life of Jesus. That is God's will for for you. To let go of the rubbish and to take up This life of living in Christ. So the question is will you take it up? There is a decision in that. Paul says, I'm going after it. But what about you? Uh, As we come into this year, it's kind of already started this year, but it's, you know, school's only just gone back. As we start out this year, are you willing to move into Christ? This is what he does. He presses on. Paul says, Not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize, which God has called me heavenward. In Christ Jesus. I press on towards the goal. Forgetting what is behind, I strain towards what is ahead. Um, what is God's goal for you right now? Uh, we've talked about being in Christ and sharing his life, but more specifically, what is it for you? What's he calling you to press on in? Um, one of our goals as a family this year is to read the Bible together. Um, and it's been really good. I've really been enjoying just reading the Bible with my family and talking about faith. It's been such a blessing to us. It's been a really good thing. Um, it's not something that happens naturally. It's something that you have to chase after to make happen. And it's been a real gift to us. One of my personal goals for the year is to run 1,000 kilometers. Um, I'm doing all right. I've, I'm ahead of the curve so far. I've run a 118 this year. Um, Ava's entire class has a uh, class goal this year to run 1,000 kilometres together, and I'm pretty chuffed that that's their goal and mine is to do it by myself. Um, I've learned a bit about running. I don't feel like I talk about it too much, not as much as Luke did anyway, but um, one of the reasons I enjoy running is because it teaches me how to press on how to chase after something, even when it's hard or you feel like giving up. It actually helps me to be a better disciple and a better leader because I'm learning how to do those things myself. Uh, The other reason I run is because there's a sense which that's what I'm created to do. I'm not Dan. Dan is created to move things. I am created to run. Uh, It's just the difference between us uh eric little he's a famous scottish runner he once said i believe that god made me for a purpose but he also made me fast and when i run i feel his pleasure Um, little was a sprinter Uh, you may know his story he qualified for the 1924 olympics in paris his main event was 100 meters he was a sprinter um But the qualifying heat for the 100 metres was on a Sunday. And Little was a committed Christian. And he refused to run on the Sabbath. It was a big news story at the time, back in 1924. The Prince of Wales and the Olympic Committee um, strongly pressured him to run anyway. And they tried to make all sorts of arrangements to, you know, have church on a Saturday and all these kinds of things. But he refused to give up on his conviction which is such an interesting thing when we look back on it. It seems very different to the world we live in, but he refused to give up on his conviction. He didn't run. But um, one of his teammates offered him his place in the 400 metres heat, um, which was being held on a Thursday. (laughs) Uh, 400 metres back then was considered middle distance, Nowadays, it's considered sprint. But the wisdom was that um, it was better to conserve energy and coast through the back half of the race so that you could make a final go for the finish line. Little, being a sprinter, wasn't expected to do well. He was expected to blow himself out before he got to the finish line. I want to show you um, a clip from the movie and we're going to check the airflow before we do. Can we hit exit on the remote and get rid of that thing? Uh, I might need to do it up here. We'll see if we can get the projector working because it's awesome clip. If not... Uh, yeah, if not, I'll have to describe it like the cartoon, which will not be good. Uh, bear with me. If I hit that... Nope. Um Ah Hang on. Hang on. Options. Uh. If I change that, will it change anything? Uh where's the exit button? Oh. oh. Nah, it's not worth it. Alright. <laughs> nah, it's not gonna happen. Uh I'm gonna post this clip from Chariots of Fire on our Facebook page and uh if you want to see it afterwards I'll I'll show you. Otherwise, go find the movie. It's a really good movie. Chariots of Fire. So The final scene is of him running in the Paris Olympics. He's uh, got a lot of um, flack from a lot of the other athletes. No one wants him to do well because he's someone who has stolen the limelight a little bit. Um, In the the film, they start off and as they round the first corner, someone bumps Little and trips him and he falls. He... um, completely tumbles, comes to a complete stop on the sideline of the race. And from that moment, all the pressure is off little. He jumps to his feet and he just runs. Everyone else is conserving there and he's coasting and he just sprints. He sprints as hard as he can. He catches the last place marker. He makes it up to the middle. And as he comes down the final stretch, he powers past the first place runner, crosses the line first. I gave it away. Uh, Crosses the line first and collapses across the line. He has nothing left. Not only did Little win the race and get Olympic gold, he also set a new world record for the 400 metres in that race. That's kind of the moment that the 400 metres went from being a middle distance event to being a sprint. That is what it means to forget everything that's behind and push towards what is ahead, towards the goal, to win the prize for which Christ has called us heaven, God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. That's what it looks like to give your absolute all, to not focus on anything else apart from the goal ahead of you. I don't think Little was wanting to win. He was just wanting to run his race the absolute best that he could could, and in his mind give glory to God by the way that he ran. That's what we're called to do. Not with running, uh, not all of us anyway, but with our lives, to live lives that um, don't leave anything behind but pursue the life God has called us to, the goal. Paul goes on. He says, "Uh, All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already obtained. Join together in following my examples, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. That's the call on us. Live up to what you already have in Christ Jesus. I, I love that description of faith. Live up to, take hold of what you already have. It's a beautiful description. It's a empowering description. Through Christ, we are now in him. We share in his life in all its fullness. We have the goal of his kingdom that he will bring us to. So let us live up to that. Let's let go of all the rubbish and pursue that. Anyone who is mature should take such a view of things. Such a helpful encouragement as well. Paul says he puts himself on the line. I talked about his life and that he spent his life pursuing this. He says to the Philippians, follow my example. I'm chasing after Jesus. You follow me as we do it. Uh, That's one thing I've learned in my running, and I think I have spoken to you about this before that it's so much harder to do it alone. That uh, when you're running with someone else, it just makes it so much easier because you can run alongside them. You don't have to think. You don't have to generate the energy needed to keep going and going and going. You can just cruise along with the crowd and get a lot further than you would if you were going alone. Paul says, I set an example for you. Keep your eyes on those around you who are following after me as well and follow their example, join in with them. That's why it's so good to have mature Christians around the place to learn from. We've got a real gift here. We've got a group of people who love Jesus and are passionate about following him. So let's push each other along. Let's not just do it by ourselves. Let's actually spur one another on. There's also um, real humility in being a disciple. I, I want to just jump back and just take another read through, but I want you to listen to Paul's take on how he's running. He says, Not that I've already obtained all this or, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He's saying, I'm not perfect. I'm not there yet. But Jesus has taken hold of me. I'm already in him. I'm free from what's gone on before. The pressure to perform is gone. I've stumbled and I've been picked up. And so now I'm just running for the glory of God and with everything I've got, not second-guessing myself. I'm pressing on to take hold of it, just like Eric Little in the amazing clip I just showed you. <laughs> That's the invitation that um, Jesus makes to us. Whatever the excuses, whatever reason we have for not growing to be like Jesus, and we have lots of them, I, I always do this. That's just who I am. I can't change, it's too hard, it's always going to be like this. Paul says you're right about all of those things. If you're trying to change those things in your own strength, you will fail. But what has changed is that Jesus has reached out and taken hold of us and he will not fail. He will bring to completion what he's begun in us. So we are free to reach out and grab those things. I can't, in my own strength, change who I am and reach the goal, but Jesus can transform. That is the gospel. Jesus can transform. Naturally, I'm a sinner, but actually I am in him and I am free from the power of sin. It has no hold on me apart from the hold I allow it to have. It's not too hard. Jesus has even defeated death. Whatever I am facing, whatever's going on in my life, he has the power to defeat. So now I'm forgetting what I used to do and who I used to be and taking up who I am in Christ. I haven't got there yet, but there's nothing in the way of me reaching that goal. He has taken hold of me so I can take hold of him. So this year, I'd encourage you to take hold of Jesus. Forget what is behind and strain towards what is ahead. Press on towards the goal for which God has called you in Christ Jesus. So I want to come back to my question that I asked earlier on. What is the next step? How is God calling you to press on into him? Whatever it is, if it's a small thing or if it's a big thing, get up and start moving. If you can't fly towards that goal, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. If you can't crawl, just stand up and wait on God who renews our strength. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Whatever you face this year, Jesus has taken hold of you. Take hold of him. Follow after him. Move with the knowledge that he will be at work in you. So, what are you taking up? Where, um, where are you straining ahead? I want you to um, take out your phone. Yep. I should, if you don't have a phone, take out a notepad. And write down in a note. I'm looking at you, Joe. Take out your phone. Uh, Write down in a note the first thing that comes into your mind where Jesus is calling you to follow him, to strain ahead, to take up this year. We're going to come back to it next week. It's always one. (laughs) And it's always a hutchie. Uh, We're going to come back to that next week. But seriously, write it down and reflect on it this week. I want to finish up by just reading this passage from Hebrews. Uh, We'll come back to this next week as well. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning at shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Uh, We're going to fix our eyes on Jesus in worship now. We're going to sing the theme song for the series again. It talks about Jesus' victory and that the battle belongs to him. And what I'd really like you to do is as we sing, take out that note that you've just written and hold it in your hand And sing this song with that in your mind. Sing this declaration that Jesus has overcome, even in that situation which is on your mind, that he's put on your heart, that he'll fight with us and he'll bring us to the goal that he has for us. So let's stand and sing together. And uh, hopefully we've got lyrics. If not, Amber and Diana...